Marks and Maggie's, all you cheapos out there, you are listening to Cheap Talk Wrestling. I'm Brandon Carr, joined with Dylan Sariva. Of course, no TJ Albin once again. I got something to say to TJ in a little bit, but Dylan, what's going on, my friend? What's up, Carr? I mean, recording this post of Forbidden Door, what an amazing pay-per-view between AEW and NJP. Yep. Um, ton of swerves ton of great matches um one of the best wrestling shows of the year honestly and that's kind of what i was saying when we first started when we when we did our show last week when we were talking about the show um i just thought that this was pay-per-view was gonna showcase a lot of the great wrestling and we did see that we saw a lot of great matches between a lot of great wrestlers within the world of wrestling um a lot of guys that not a lot of people kind of knew about because obviously, if you're kind of like a mainstream wrestling fan, you're, you know, obviously you're more WWE and AEW. But, you know, now you see those New Japan guys and those guys, you know, really kicked ass too. So you kind of got to see those guys that you may really not know too much about. This pay-per-view was great. There was a lot of great matches and it definitely did not disappoint. So we'll definitely get into that. We'll get into Money in the Bank and we'll talk about the uh, the card and predict three matches on the card. By the way, I'm still the champ. Just wanted to throw that in there, too. But And if we have time, we're going to talk about John Cena, too, with his 20-year anniversary in WWE this week. So very exciting show. But TJ did want to relay a message to all of you people. Um, he will be back July 11th with a surprise guest and a huge announcement that will shake things up. About damn time, listen. At this point, Dylan, I'm kind of fed up with TJ. And listen, I'm at the point where I don't want to keep doing, you know, begging him to come on the show and let's think, let's talk these things out. Next time I see him face to face, Dylan, I'm cashing in my briefcase and I'm I'm taking what I never lost. I'm taking that belt away from TJ. I'm sick of it. We're not working things out anymore. I'm kind of past that stage. I'm just ready to take the belt off of him because it's kind of ridiculous that. We really haven't had a consistent champion on, on this show for months now. Obviously, we had Jake. He was our champion, and he never showed up once. And then TJ, he's just been kind of inconsistent. I'm ready to take that belt back, and I'm ready to be a consistent show member, and you will be seeing the championship on this show. So I'm just kind of sick of TJ at this point, and I don't really care what his announcement is. I'm taking his belt back, and I'm winning it. I am, you know, I'm just at this point completely fed up with him. Yeah, I understand that, Car. I mean, as we get deeper into the summer here, I mean, eventually he's going to have to step up, um, defend that title. And I mean, I, I will say for the CTW fans, I hope this is some sort of announcement regarding the CTW championship, um, whether it be another CTW, uh, CTW State of the, the Union address, or mm-hmm. whatever we called it um, back yeah. in January when we had to address, you know, um, a lackadaisical champion. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to t- touch too much on TJ right now. You know, he couldn't 
provide himself the opportunity to be here with us. So I'd really like to jump into uh, Forbidden Door. And um, as you said, you are still the predictions champ, um, mm-hmm. have yet to lose. Unfortunately, myself and TJ did tie 2-2. Um, but, you know, I'm still going to call TJ Alvin the king of losers. Um, he we just came to that title. You know, he just, even when he's so close, he just, he fumbled at the end zone, man. I mean, you know, he he was talking trash, talking shit in our group chat last night that Mm -hmm. he was going to give that belt to me. And he predicted the AEW uh, World Championship wrong. So that's on you, TJ. Nobody else made you fumble there. I was 3-0, and I believe TJ might have been three and one or two and one at that point. I think it was yep. two and one and it came down to Moxley and Tanahashi and, you know, my guy Mox got the job done. So four Oh for me. And, you know, I'm still the king of winners, uh, predictions champion. And, you know, I plan on holding on to that belt for a while. I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm just going through the gauntlet at this point with these pay-per-views, but to talk about the pay-per-view itself, um, what a just i mean we were talking about it kind of at the beginning of the show i mean what an absolutely great card um you know we had i mean the buy-in it was pretty solid itself um you know you had uh lance archer he get him getting the victory over nick camordo um you know you had the tag team match with swerve strickland and keith lee versus kanemaro and el desperado uh swerving lee ended up winning that match and then you had the final buy-in match was the eight-man tag team match, and Caster and Billy ended up winning um, that match. So solid buy-in. And then you obviously got to the main card. You had the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Eddie Kingston, Will Ryuta, and Shota Umuno. Very solid match. Um, I had predicted the Jericho Appreciation Society to win this match, and they ended up doing that. And it was a good match. I mean, it was a solid match, you know, something that we kind of expected there. And it definitely started off the pay-per-view on a right note, but like that, I mean, that, that being the first match too, it was a great match. Um, And, you know, there was just plenty of good matches throughout this entire car. But what did you think about that first match? I mean, it was great. I think, you know, one of the biggest things from watching that is just Suzuki's entrance being so over with the crowd. Um, was awesome 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 to see you you have to respect suzuki he's a legend in japan a legend of this business um Mm -hmm. so so cool to see and i loved you know the whole thing with him and eddie kingston the no selling of the chops Mm -hmm. um just this was a great opening match um absolutely and and to see what chris jericho can still do at this age and and all these guys i mean suzuki's not a young man either um it's just great to see. I mean, great way to open a card. And yeah, I mean, this was a great match to start off with. It was great. And, you know, you talked about some of those moments in that match. It was, I mean, you saw some of the best in, you know, the, throughout the entire pay-per-view, you saw some of the best guys. I think the next match ended up being the um, match for the Reign of Honor and IWGP tag titles and I predicted FTR to win and FTR ended up winning and, I think FTR right now might be the most over tag team in wrestling. I mean, the reaction that they got winning those belts. I mean, these guys are on top of the world right now. Uh, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood are just 
you can call them maybe the best tag team in wrestling right now. And I ended up, you know, I thought that they were going to end up taking the belts, which they ended up doing. And now it kind of sets their sights to the Young Bucks, who, you know, currently they're AEW World Tag Team Champion. So I feel like we're going to get that match down the road. But great match. And, you know, FTR is on top of the world. And it's just crazy. I think we were talking about this last week of just kind of how WWE really ruined these guys. And then, you know, they kind of put them in these little comedy skits towards the end of their run. And I mean, now they come to AEW and they're absolutely kicking ass. I mean, this, these guys are awesome. So they put on a great show and they're kind of just on top of the world right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the only way for them is to just keep going up. So I think you got to, at some point soon have the bucks versus FTR. And I think you got to have FTR go over. I mean, they're, they're probably the hottest entity in your company right now Mm -hmm. um, with just how they've been performing and everything they do in the ring is so, so solid. doesn't matter who they're in there with. Um, They're just so good, man. Yeah. You, you got to put the AEW world tag team titles on them. You just have to. Yeah. I'm excited for whenever those two teams collide They're FTR is just on top of the world right now in terms of the tag team um, uh, wrestling scene right now. And, they're just fantastic. I mean, the whole crowd I thought was completely over with them. And it, it was it was awesome just to kind of see them, you know, winning the IWGP tag team titles and retaining the Ring of Honor titles. Um, high expectations for them moving forward. But then the next match ended up being the fatal four-way for the All-Atlantic Championship. I thought this was also a very good match between four guys. Um you know, Connors kind of came in and replaced uh, Tomohiro Ishii after his recent injury. And, you know, he was fine, but what a great match um, between these four guys. And I would have thought that Malachi Black or Miro were going to end up winning this, but I'm not opposed with Pac um, being the inaugural champion here. He doing, I think everyone in this match was great. Four guys that really know how to put on a good match and, I mean, they were great. There was a lot of great spots in this match. And just, I thought that it was a great wrestling match, you know, for this title. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy that Pat got it. I thought, I don't think he would have been someone that I would have picked to win it, but I'm happy that AEW kind of went that route and, you know, given him, you know, some relevance. Yeah. I think it's a, a great opportunity for Pac to have the belt on him. Um, do I think AEW needed another title? No. no. Um but this match, it, it this match was a great way to make that title seem interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think Miro is such a great talent, you know, oh and to see the way these four guys work with each other, like nothing felt out of place as much like chaos was going on throughout this match. Like mm-hmm. nothing felt like, like it shouldn't have belonged in that match. Like these guys planned this match perfectly. Oh, yeah. and, and what a swerve, because I mean, I really thought Miro was getting another title on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm interested to see what Pac does with this going forward. Because, um, yeah, know, great mid-card title is, is how, it, you know, I see this. I see that too. And, you know, I think maybe it's a belt that gets defended often and Pac, you know, gives it kind of um, some more relevance. And I think that, you know, obviously Pac is a great in-ring performer. He can kind of, elevate that belt and you know i think he can put on a great match with a lot of different wrestlers and maybe that's what makes it relevant but 
very surprised. I really thought that Miro or Black were gonna be the one, were gonna be the ones that ended up winning the belt. But just a fantastic match, um, and it was a good finish. So very solid all around. Next match: the Bullet Club versus the Dudes with Attitudes. <laughs> My takeaway from this match is, dudes, the fact that Sting is sixty three years old and he's out here jumping off from like the top of like the stage and like. I'm like, dude, like, you're going to get yourself injured, dude, but he still has a little bit left in the tank. He loves what he does. He looked, he looked relatively like pretty good in the match. <laughs> the funny, one of the funniest moments was when he just no sold the, uh, this double super kicks from the young bucks. I was like, Oh my God, loves that. Um, but dudes with the dudes with attitude, they ended up winning. And I thought, I mean, it was a great match. It was obviously you know, again, you're going to have a lot of great wrestlers in that ring together. And Stain looked good for, you know, a guy his age. It's it's scary, you know, to see him taking some of the bumps that he does at being 63 years old. But, God, he, he, he looks pretty good to me. And, you know, it definitely scared me when he jumped off the stage at the beginning of the match. But what are your thoughts about this match? I mean, yeah, this was just absolutely insane to see sting in his 60s jumping off of things it's um the no selling was cool um i don't mind a little bit of no selling here and there um this match maybe a little too much maybe for my perspective but i mean it's just cool to see sting out there still able to do things um guy's a legend man and darby allen gets tossed around like a fucking like ragdoll and that's crazy too because like the bucks are never the biggest the bigger like competitors in their match so just see darby get just whipped around it was like oh my god this poor like someone stopped nicholas from wrestlemania 34 getting absolutely just (laughs) yoinked around like dude yeah i know darby allen the guy that guy takes an insane amount of bumps um really puts his body on the line yeah he was getting tossed around but I mean, my main takeaway was just seeing Stain out there and, you know, him being 63 and really seeming like that he hasn't lost too much of a step. It's it's incredible. The guy's a legend. Um, oh, yeah. He's, I mean, you know, he's one of the best of all time. And, you know, you just kind of see the longevity playing um, into effect here. And, you know, I don't know how long he has left, but, I mean, it's def- I'm definitely worried because, you know, I'm – I mean, we've talked about like Ric Flair a lot on the show and, you know, we don't want him taking any more bumps, but, you know, Sting 63 himself. And, you know, you wonder how many more of those bumps that Sting can take, but regardless, it's cool to see Sting out there, you know, hitting the standard splash, you know, hitting the scorpion death drop, um, no selling a <laughs> double super kick and jumping off. I mean, the jumping off stage thing was crazy, but um, I mean, he's just a legend, man. He really is. Um, I agree. I mean, Sting is just one of the all-time greats of this business, and um, getting to see him still being able to put on some decent stuff at this age. I know. Very cool. Never know when that current call is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We'll see how long Sting has left. You know, I'm not opposed with him, uh, you know, going at it for a few more years. But the next match was for the AEW Women's title, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. Thunder Rosa ended up winning this match. It was a good match, you know, between two good competitors. Tony Storm, I really didn't feel like that she was going to end up winning because I didn't think they were going to push her as far, you know, this quickly to her beating Thunder Rosa. 
but I mean, it was a, it was a, a really good match. Um, the crowd was into it, and Thunder Rosa ended up winning. And you know, just just a good match, I think, between really two good female wrestlers. And you know, I think this was the only uh, women's match on the card. And I thought you know those two uh, women really delivered on this one. Yeah, Rosa versus Tony Storm. A lot of good, like hard selling in this match. Um, you know, Thunder Rosa throughout her controversies and stuff like that we've seen in recent weeks um, really put on a good show with Tony Storm. Um, I think she's been great. Every pay per view they've had her on so far has AEW. Um, and I mean, these are two top tier women's wrestlers in wrestling right now. And absolutely, kidding me. This was a match I got wrong in the predictions, but uh, it was still a great match overall to watch. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and with this being the only women's match, I mean, like I said, like these two girls really delivered, and you really just saw a lot of great women's wrestling here. And Thunder Rosa, we'll see what ends up kind of um, being next for her, but great match. And up next was, I think this could possibly be the match of the night, in my opinion. Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay. For the IWGP US title, Will Ospreay ended up winning, but wow, what a match. This I think this was the best match on the card, personally. Um, Orange Cassidy was, you know, like obviously Will Ospreay is unbelievable. He is one of the best in-ring workers in wrestling right now, but and he can make a lot of people look great, but I thought Orange Cassidy was great in this match. Um, there were a lot of great spots, you know, a lot of kickouts. Um, <laughs> like, there was just... It was just great. It was a great match between two guys who, you know, obviously are fantastic in the rain. And I was um, I was just blown away with how great this match was. And this was just a great back and forth match. I thought it was a good finish. I thought this was just great all around. Um, what did you think about this match? This was my this was my favorite match of the night. In my opinion. I agree. This this was hands down the best match on the card. Um, you know, everybody wants to talk about Orange Cassidy's, you know, being the guy that doesn't care and, and all stuff like this. But like when you need him to perform in a big spot, man, oh man, does he show up? Yep. It, this was just a phenomenal match. I mean, so much back and forth and it just, you couldn't believe that Cassidy just kept going and going and going and going with the attacks by Osprey. I mean, orange Cassidy solidified himself as a legitimate good wrestler especially working with someone who who many consider is probably the best wrestler in the world, Will Ospreay. Oh, absolutely. I was, I mean, when uh, Will Ospreay hit the hidden uh, blade on Orange Cassidy, I was, I was blown away that he kicked out of that. I was like, wow. I thought that was the match there. And I mean, I know the match sh like shortly ended after that, but I mean, it was just great all around and just so many close kickouts, a lot of great spots between two guys that really know what they're doing and, I mean, the crowd was so into it. It was awesome. Um, it was an unbelievable match. Um, I can't say, you know, much more than that. It was it was fantastic. Um, and then the next match, Zack Sabre Jr. He has a mystery opponent. Whose does it end up being? Claudio Castagnoli, a.k.a. Cesaro from WWE, making his AEW debut and 
it is i i'm i'm very happy to see claudio in aw um he hasn't wrestled i believe since january or february last for with wwe and we've been kind of waiting to see for a while brian danielson was unable to compete in this match and he had said that he had a replacement for zach saber and i think most people kind of thought it would be claudio and it ended up being him and what an app what a great reaction that he got from the crowd the crowd gave him a huge pop when you see you know that that uh swiss flag logo on the uh titan tron and he got a great reaction and it, i mean he looked great out there and it was a good match and claudio ended up winning yep um i mean i hope he joins blackpool combat club going forward i think he is i think at this point yes if he does, man, that is the best stable in professional wrestling. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. Let's get BCC versus Bullet Club. Um, book it now. Uh, I'm here for it. I mean, Claudio looked so – it feels so good to call him Claudio, too. Uh, yeah. um, like, this was another – like, if someone else said this was their match of the night, would have no issue with it. No issue. Um, just another, like, great technical match after Osprey Cassidy. I mean – just another thing to add to how good this card was. Dude, Claudio might be the best European uppercutter, like, in wrestling. Like, dude, some of the uppercuts that he was hitting on on Zack Sabre, holy crap. It's brutal, man. He's, he's incredible. Um, We got to see a little bit of the Swain. It looks like he kind of, well, you know, he injured his arm in the match. Um, But we ended up getting the Swain later on in the night. But, I mean, this guy is... It's great. I really hope that AEW, you know, eventually Claudio gets that world title run. I mean, we had been waiting for that in WWE for so long. He has the talent for it. And I think him b- being part of the um, the BCC, I really think could be really help him out. Um, I know Moxley is the champion right now, but maybe down the line they could do a program with those two or whatever. But it's just really great to see Claudio and AEW. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do with him. And I really hope that they give him that run that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this match. So for the IWGP world title, we had Jay White, we had Adam Cole, we had Heyman, Adam Page and Okada. And this match was great. It was, you know, obviously you have four great wrestlers in the ring, but then the finish was very awkward, but I think what ended up happening with that was I think Adam Cole, it's being rumored that he had suffered a concussion. So they kind of had to, you know, change the finish of the match a little bit. So that's why it was a little awkward, but overall it was a great match, obviously between four guys that really know what they're doing. Jay White ended up winning, but it sucks that the finish had to be that, but if Adam Cole is concussed, you know, you kind of have to come up with something on the fly and, Tony Khan, I know, was talking about um, post-show press conference. I think he wasn't worried about uh, Adam Cole long-term with his injury, so that's good. But it was a great match. It was just sucky that the finish wasn't uh, as was supposed to – didn't go as planned there. Yeah, and it was was cool to see. I mean, we knew Jay White was going to retain. Yeah. Um, They're not just going to put the the title on him and then have him drop it in this match. But very cool match. Um, Hope. You know, Adam Cole is okay, and there wasn't anything too major. Mm-hmm. Um, but great co-main event leading into just another absolute barn burner on the night. What a way to close the show, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, that leads into John Moxley versus Tanahashi for the AEW world title. And again, very good match. Um, you know, you have two guys that 
it's been, you know, a long term, long time coming for these two guys to finally square off in the rain. And I don't think those two guys disappointed. We kind of knew that they were going to have a great match and they ended up doing that job. Moxley is your now the first ever two time AEW world heavyweight champion. And he will be versing CM Punk whenever he decides that he is deemed ready to compete. So very excited for that, but it was a great match between two guys. Moxley was bleeding <laughs> out of his forehead. Um, the typical Moxley fashion, but what were your thoughts about this match? I mean, this was just, I thought, fantastic. It was great. I mean, different different mix of styles, you know, both men, a lot of back and forth. Um, I just love John Moxley as well as Tanahashi, and the – the bleeding by Moxley was something we don't get to see very often in pro mm-hmm. wrestling anymore. You know, he was like, he was gushing. He was dude. gushing blood, man. There there, was, like, so you know, I'm sure once he got backstage, they, you know, stapled him up and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But I mean, like once in a while, like a good blood spot like this, like I think just amplifies a big match. Um, and it plays into Moxley's character, which is just this, you know, grimy, battle-tested brawler that's mm-hmm. you know you can put him through all types of pain and he's still going to come out on top because he's just such a manimal it fits john moxley perfectly i think and you know it was it was just i mean it was a great match and you know you kind of had the little scrum at the end with um bbc or bcc and um jericho appreciation society and you know weeded up into blood and guts this wednesday so that's kind of how the show ended, and it ended up just being a great show overall. Um, you know, like we kind of kept kept saying, we knew that this was going to be a show that showcased some of the best wrestling talents in the world, and you know, you saw a, a lot of great wrestling. Again, my personal favorite favorite was uh, Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay. I thought that match was just absolutely incredible, and there was a lot of great matches in this card. Um, if you guys haven't gotten a chance to go watch it. I would highly recommend it if you are a fan of just great in-ring work. You're, I mean, this was the be- I think the best wrestling um, in-ring performing wrestling pay-per-view of the year so far, and it was just fantastic. So, kudos to AEW and New Japan for coordinating this whole event and for really, you know, putting on a great show and you know giving us some matches we haven't seen in a while or first-time matches that we thought we would we we may never see. So it was just great. Great overall pay-per-view. It was. I mean, I just can't believe how good this was. This has been one of the better pay-per-views we've seen on the year so far. And a great one we've seen in a while. But right again, Carr, you're having to make a turnaround and defend that belt so quickly. Oh, I know. Yeah, so that leads into Money in the Bank. And this, uh, I believe it is this Saturday, um, July 2nd. Money in the Bank in Las Vegas. Um, so we're going to give you guys our predictions. We're going to give you guys three. We're going to give you guys our three matches that we're going to predict on this card. And then you can see our full predictions on the AEW Instagram. Um, so make sure you guys go check that out when it comes time. But I'll let you go first, Dylan. What's your first match? All right. So the first one I'm going to go with. Ooh. I think I'm going to go with the men's money in the bank match Mm, starting off hot here um we're still waiting on one more competitor uh at this present moment of recording um but 
no matter who it is, I still think Seth Rollins is just going to pull it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this sets up SummerSlam, which then sets up Clash at the Castle. Yep. It, it, it's a bunch of snowball. It's that long-term booking car, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm right with you right there. Um, I do think that this is probably the route they're going to go. I also have Seth Rollins winning this. I think it just makes sense with, you know, they're kind of hyping up like, oh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are going to go through a, a grueling last man standing match. It's a great way for somebody to cash it in. And, you know, obviously this has been used before, but, you know, Seth Rollins back at WrestleMania 31 did the exact same thing. He cashed in in the middle of the match and ended up taking the belt and, you know, surprised in fashion. I think we could see something like that again. And I mean, all these other guys that could see end up, you know, winning the men's money in the bank ladder match, but, I really do think Seth Rollins, I think, would be best suited for it. And I do think that I could see him cash in, you know, at SummerSlam. And, you know, maybe they swerve everybody and he ends up taking the belts. And maybe they end up doing a, you know, whenever Cody Rhodes comes back and Cody Rhodes has a match for Seth Rollins for the belt. I don't know. But I do think that Seth Rollins, I think, I think he is the favorite right now to win. And I do think that it makes the most sense to go that route of Seth Rollins. I mean, Drew McIntyre is going to have a match at Clash of the Castle anyway. So it's like, really, you don't really need to put the briefcase on him and then everybody else. I just don't see a direction where they kind of could go with it. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Riddle won it, but I'm going to go Seth Rollins here. Yeah, it just it just makes the most sense. I mean... I don't know. He just like, I just think he has it in the bag. I just think that's WWE's long-term plan, but. Absolutely. No, we I shall see. see. We shall see. Um, you know what? Then I'll just go with the women's money in the bank ladder match. I'm going with Liv Morgan, man. Um, I know you have a different prediction, but Liv Morgan, I think I'm one of, you know, I know TJ's very big on her too. I am as well. I do think that, it's long overdue for her to have a title opportunity um, and the money in the bank briefcase really obviously would solidify that down the road. She's someone who is just so much more improved. I think in the rain as a, you know, someone on the mic, she's really improved herself and it's somebody that the fans really like. So I think with Morgan makes a lot of sense here. I really think that putting that briefcase on her and, you know, her finally having that moment where she wins the, the, the women's championship, I think would just be great. And I know a lot of fans want it. I want it. I want to see it happen. So I'm picking Liv Morgan. And, you know, I, I understand that. I think Liv Morgan is definitely due for her push, stuff like that. Um, I think she's been a great asset to the company. She's really sort of reinvented herself here than when she first debuted on the main roster. Um, This personally might just be a little more of a, personal choice mm-hmm. um i'm going with alexa bliss. I uh, love bliss, alexa bliss i'm hoping maybe you know during the woman's money in the bank match bray wyatt returns <laughs> and we something with her because i'm just gonna get completely out of the fucking water here um dylan's been clamoring for a fiend bray wyatt return for like a year i, I need Wyndham rotunda back on my Whoa. wrestling weekly viewing like it's making me want to bash my head in that well, did Bray you Wyatt. See, um did you see that he filed for a trademark for the name Wyatt Six? It's great. Let's yeah. let's get him on some sort of company. Somebody sign him. 
I don't care if it's a local high school gym in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Like someone sign this man to a match, get a, 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 a recording of it and just let me watch it and directly inject it into my veins. I, Sounds like, like I don't care if you even put on like the height that high school wrestling like gear on him, like just get him in there. I don't care if there's six people <laughs> in the crowd. I need to see Bray Wyatt wrestle. It's killing me. Um, back. So mean, there you have it, folks. Fiend's coming back. Money in the bank. Distract seven other women. And Alexa Bliss grabs it. Big brain car. So you think he's just going to mind control everybody to like, just like freeze like a cone and then she just climbs up and takes it. I mean, that would be kind of cool, but. They're going to project the, the cockroaches on the ring again, like his oh match versus God. Randy Orton. <laughs> Something stupid. Someone's going to be spitting blood at somebody. I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate that. I mean, Alexa Bliss, you know, she just recently came back. You know, maybe they want to put her back in that title picture. This could be a good way of doing it. So, I mean, I don't hate that. I think those two should be the favorites. I don't know if I could see like Wacy Evans or like Raquel Rodriguez doing it. I just don't see that, but I, I'm a, I don't hate the Alexa, Alexa Bliss uh, take at all. Um, what about your second match? All right, so or uh, my third, actually. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Three. Um, I'm going to go looking at the match, the Usos versus the Street Profits for the Undisputed um, Tag Team Championship. Uh, the Bloodline has still been probably the most dominant force in WWE over the last, I would, I would honestly say the last year. Um, and I like the street profits, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, really, really cool uh, tag team. Love them. They provide a lot to the roster. Um, but I still don't think it's time for the bloodline to lose any sort of belt collecting that they've done uh, before SummerSlam. I think if anything, there'll be some sort of feud at SummerSlam, but for right now, I'm saying the Usos retain once again. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, you know, the street profits are great. I think they're a good tag team. Um, you know, I think, I think Montez Ford, I think is really underrated. I just feel like he's just a very exciting wrestler in the rain. You know, some of like the frog splashes that he hits, he gets super high up in the air. I could see him like maybe down the line, if they were to split up the street profits, he gets a, a decent singles run. I would hope I really like Montez Ford, but you know, I think, um, the Usos are just, I think they're going to be the, you know, like you said, like I don't see the bloodline right now losing the belts and the Usos, I think just have, I think right now we're at the top of their game and, you know, they're the best tag team in WWE right now. Um, could I see the Street Poppers taking the title? Maybe, but I just couldn't see the Usos losing the belts in this fashion. I feel like maybe they'll like, maybe they can lose them at a, at a bigger setting, but yeah, I, I think the Usos are, you know, they're going to continue their reign. The bloodline, they're going to continue their reign as long as Roman Reigns is um, the universal WWE champion. And I think the Usos are going to end up winning that. So I do agree with you there. Um, another match uh, that I could predict here, Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley. Um, I know some people may think Austin Theory is going to retain. I'm kind of in the camp that Bobby Lashley could win this belt. And I know Bobby Lashley, like, he should be in the world title picture, and I really think that. But if Austin Theory is going to versus John Cena at SummerSlam, does he really need the belt? Like, maybe John Cena could come out and, like, maybe and screw him out of the title or something. 
like I mean, that could be possible. Um, I just don't think that I don't know. I just don't see Austin if if it is gonna be John Cena versus Austin Theory, I don't see it being for the US title. I don't think Austin Theory needs to have that title if he's gonna feud with John Cena and he ends up beating John Cena at SummerSlam. Um, maybe that's just me, but I think Bobby Lashley is gonna win and maybe you know he brings a little bit more relevance to that belt. Um and, you know, I think Bobby Lashley, like I said, should be in the world title picture, if I'm being honest. But maybe he wins the U.S. title to kind of get him closer to that point. I agree. I think, you know, um, Lashley probably should still be in the world title picture. I mean, the way he's invented himself so. over and over again um, before he came back for this latest WWE run has proven that. But, you know, mid-card titles aren't bad either. If you can make it mean something. I, you know, I look back to John Cena's uh, U.S. Open title uh, challenge a couple of years ago. Um, big name guys can make mid-card titles mean something if they really work hard at it. So, I mean, I think that'll be an interesting match on the card as well. And I mean, who knows? Before Sunday or Saturday, we might get more matches added. It's always a shot in the dark. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it's definitely possible. I mean, the buildup for this match has been kind of crap. The whole thing with them posing like that was literally i can't believe that was the main event of monday night raw a couple of weeks back and them posing and i don't like the build-up of this match at all but i just think that bobby lashley can win and maybe this sets up an austin theory john cena match down the line for SummerSlam. and i just don't think austin theory needs the u.s title to have this feud with john cena that's just my opinion yeah i just i just think they won't put any sort of belt on the line if it's him versus cena um, I think it's just going to be some sort of, you know, not a curtain call for Cena, but just uh, some sort of match to build up hype and try and get pay-per-view buys. I, um, I feel that. Um, I almost feel like this is a filler pay-per-view. Like, they're just waiting to get to SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, there's not really too much hype around this pay-per-view. I mean, you don't have Roman Reigns wrestling, so that kind of kind of blows, and then you know, I mean, really the only thing that to be excited about are just the two money in the bank ladder matches. I mean, I don't think, you know, like the championship matches that we do have in the card, like I don't think really anybody is too excited. Like Bianca Belair and Carmella, like the only reason that's the match is because Rhea Ripley isn't clear to compete. Like, I don't know if people are excited for that or like Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. Has that really been like that exciting? I really don't think so. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with what you're saying. I do think that really the only two things that have relevance in this with this pay-per-view are the two ladder matches. So that's kind of where my head is at. But to wrap up the show, last thing we want to talk about, John Cena, 20 years in WWE. John Cena, for me personally, like I know a lot, a lot of people don't like John Cena, but I'm someone who loves John Cena. I've been a John Cena fan for basically my you know throughout when I first started watching wrestling I think John Cena was that guy that really got me into it and you know I think I think people I think a lot of people hated John Cena because WWE kind of pushed him down our throats but I think as we've gotten more and more you know into like this new generation of wrestling I think a lot more people are starting to appreciate John Cena of what he's done and the guy is, I mean, countless moments for him. I mean, 16-time world champion, 
you know, multiple time Royal Rumble winner. The guy's won money in the bank. Uh, he made the U.S. title very re- well, relevant throughout his time um, and his few runs that he had with it. I mean, he's he is the poster child for WWE for the last like 15, 20 years. I mean, he is um, that guy. And, you know, John Cena has really left a long lasting legacy in WWE. But what are your thoughts about John Cena? Just kind of kind of as a whole, we'll get into like some of our favorite moments and matches of his. But what do you think about just like his legacy and just kind of like his impact that he's made? And on the I mean, business? John, John Cena for me as well, similar to you, was one of the main reasons I got into pro wrestling. Um, being from Massachusetts and him being the mask guy um, was like a big thing. And I caught WWE right as they were switching over into the P- PG era um, was when I first really started getting into it. And I mean, John Cena was the poster child um, for my time. I mean, I remember, you know, having like, two or three of his, you know, multicolored t-shirts. I remember being so excited to see him in the, you know, the WrestleMania main events. And there's so many moments. And, and like, going back as I've gotten older and, like, watching his older work, too, um, to see how his career has shifted has been just awesome. Um, I, I understand people's hesitation with him. I mean, there was really a point where they were shoving Cena down our throats, Um and the five moves that do him like I, there is fair criticism on John Cena. Um, but when he's called upon to really put on a good match, he really does. Like he can do, do a lot of different things. And I think he's like throughout his career, like really improved his in-ring work. I mean, John Cena has put on some great matches with guys and, you know, he's, he's diversified himself like John Cena you know, like when he first started off, like, yeah, like, you know, you got the five moves of doom, but then he kind of expanded his move set. He had the dive and leg drop from the top rope. You had Hurricanrana at some point, a tornado DDT, um, a sunset flip power bomb. Like, you know, he like diverse himself and had those moves in his arsenal. And I mean, he's, I mean, you know, I know John Cena gets the hate he does, but I just think that, like I said, I think a lot more people appreciate him now. And I mean, he really, I mean, he knew how to get the crowd to react. I mean, no other guy is going to go out there and get the let's go Cena, Cena sucks chance. I mean, that guy knew how to get the crowd riled up. And, you know, whether you hated or loved him, you were giving him a reaction every week. And, you know, he really paved the way for a lot of guys. But to talk about some of, you know, my favorite John Cena moments, um, one really stands out for me. I think this could be for a lot of people, but he had that. I think I forget what the injury was that John Cena had that was supposed to keep him out for a long time. But I think you kind of know where I'm heading with this. The Royal Rumble 2008. Who's number 30? John Cena's music hits and like that. I think it was at Madison Square Garden. People were going crazy. Like that place was rocking. John Cena comes out. You're like, like, how did he, you know, recover from his injury so fast? Ends up winning the Royal Rumble and eliminating Triple H last. And, you know, unfortunately, he didn't win the the title at WrestleMania. But that moment itself just spoke volumes. And John Cena really, you know, at that point, you know, obviously him coming back from injury and just kind of showing everybody, you know, that he's going to be that next big star in WWE. It was just, 
an unbelievable moment for for me I remember watching that as a kid just being like holy crap John Cena's back like came back from this injury and you know he's gonna he came up comes out of 30 he's gonna win the Royal Rumble like it's just an unbelievable moment and and another one for me um was I was at Survivor Series I think that same year the year after in Boston and that was the first wrestling event I went to and the main event was Chris Jericho versus John Cena for the world title and John Cena was coming back from an injury then too. And he ended up winning the world heavyweight championship. And I can just remember TD garden going absolutely crazy. Um, so those are, those are two moments that really stuck out for me, at least the least from my childhood with John Cena. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Royal rumble is, is such an iconic moment. Um, I think one of the ones for me and it's a few to end up losing, but I just think it was, such a great build the entire time was leading up to money in the bank 2011 oh yeah um him versus cm punk um probably probably the two wrestlers that like defined my childhood mm-hmm. um and like what got me into wrestling um and i remember like because i i only used to ask my parents for like r- the rumble and wrestlemania every year Yep. Um, those were the only two pay-per-views I would watch live. I'd like read everything else on the internet the next day. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember like being so hyped for money in the bank. I was like, please, like I need to watch this pay-per-view. Like see, and this is at the point where like, you still believe like wrestling is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, like you buy into every storyline that you're watching. And it's just like, I, I need to watch if Cena wins, like punk's going to leave. And like, that's one of the only five-star matches WWE's had in, like, the yeah. last decade. And, like, such a great moment. And just, like, I mean, just, oh, man. Like, Cena really did have just some iconic moments. I mean, and then I brought up early, like, I think one of the coolest things he did in, in his later career was in, I think it was 2015? Mm-hmm. Um, that United States Open Challenge. Oh, and, like, you saw Kevin Owens come up. Um, you saw like Rollins, like Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, like Cesaro. You, you saw so many guys yeah. that like the internet community was being like, these guys need a push, have the opportunity to rub with the company's biggest star for almost 20 years outside of The Undertaker. Um, like, get to actually showcase in you know 10 to 15 minute matches i mean it was just great and i think john cena the person john cena the wrestler are two completely different people um there's so much great things to be said about john cena outside of his character um you know with the make a wish foundation and everything he does um i remember like you know like when the u.s was still heavily involved in the iraq and afghan war like the Mm -hmm. tribute to the troop shows like he was always out there um always put on like some match you know get involved with the service members stuff like that like um a lot of cool moments and so it's cool to see his whole career from you know the doctor of thugonomics to now oh my god this man has hair and he's not just wearing jorts anymore like this is weird yeah right um no yeah i mean john cena is just everything that he's done and you know yeah you like talked about like some of the out of the ring stuff and you know him transitioning to Hollywood and now really making a name for himself in Hollywood and I mean the guy's done it all um and he is just I mean he's just made an impact 
in so many different ways for WWE and for the business as a whole. And, you know, he, I mean, he was the face of the company for so long and, you know, everybody knew who John Cena was. Everybody would, you know, tune into WWE, see what was going on with John Cena. And, you know, he was just, he was unbelievable. He had so many great feuds. I mean, Randy Orton obviously isn't is maybe his biggest rival. Um, Batista, uh, trying to think of other ones. I think it really Michaels, they went like yeah. an hour on a Monday night raw. I remember that. And some of like his later career ones, like AJ Styles, like him and AJ Styles. I was watching the SummerSlam match in 2016, I think it was like unbelievable match. Um, mm. very underrated. I mean, he's just he's he's done it all, and he's really, you know, I know he's bare, quote unquote burying some wrestlers, but I mean, he's also, I think, really showed. You know, you talked about the U.S. Open Challenge. Like, I looked forward to watching that every single week. Like, I was like, who's John Cena versus this week? And he would just have some of his best matches matches of his career, to be honest with you. Um, when that was going on, and I mean, he's just he's great. You know, he he is the staple of wwe and he is uh you know i'm interested in seeing what he kind of does next moving forward um a lot of great stuff in hollywood and if he ends up having a match at SummerSlam with austin theory you know we'll, we'll see how that goes but first ballot hall of famer without a doubt and you know he is uh he's one of the best he really is and you could make an argument that John Cena could be on your Mount Rushmore. Like, I mean, he's made that much of an impact, I think, in uh, WWE and the business as a whole. And I just think, like, you know, obviously, like, I feel like Cena sometimes, too, gets, like, criticism for having the Roman Reigns babyface push mm-hmm. um, that we saw. And not to say, like, there's not some truth to that, but, like, Roman Reigns did not do what john cena like because cena lost sometimes too like yeah you think like okay new year's revolution 2006 uh new year's revolution 2007 him and edges feud like there was so much back and forth there the back and forth with him and orton um yeah did he bury the nexus um sure he definitely buried the nexus um but like in all honesty who out of that crew outside of wade barrett who was derailed by injuries most of his career was going to amount into anything skip sheffield michael tarver brian but like he was out of that group after like a week or something and that's the thing is like brian danielson obviously the american dragon people knew who that was and people were upset about that and 100 warranted but like like seriously who remembers michael tarver like the guy retired, David Otunga, like Justin Gabriel, not, Heath Slater. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's, it's nothing against those guys, but like, like some of those guys were not going to be your main event level talent. Right. Like I said, like, I think Wade Barrett was probably the one who could have been, um, but he had injuries throughout his career, which sucked. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cena has just been a face for the company for the last 15 years at, at the shortest. Um, and I mean, I think it's time for, I don't want to say it's time for him to pass the torch, but I think we're getting to that point of like torch passing, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think at, the, at this point, I think, you know, the torch is 
I mean, it seems like it's getting past the Roman Reigns at this point, but I mean, I don't even know if Roman Reigns is ever going to surmount to what John Cena, you know, has been able to do for WWE. And John Cena, like I said, like he can get a reaction out of the crowd, like no other, like Roman Reigns, like crowd was just booing him because they were sick of him. Like John Cena would get, you know, mixed reactions. Like John Cena knew how to, you know, toy with the crowd and just kind of rile them up and stuff. And there was, I, I feel like there was really nobody better than him. Um, with I mean, that. ECW one night stand, the, the if Cena wins, we riot uh, sign versus RVD. I mean, that was just iconic, man. I mean, I mean, that was <laughs> that was the most hate John Cena has probably ever gotten. But again, like it, he just he does it all. And, you know, I, it's it, I definitely miss John Cena in WWE as like a full time competitor. But I'm glad that he's explore new avenues with Hollywood and, you know, obviously with Peacemaker and, you know, whatever else that he's doing at this moment. So kudos to John Cena and, you know, he, thank you for a, a fan, a great career. And I mean, I know it's not over yet, but you know, it's over for him being that full-time guy um, at this point, but yeah, I think that's it um, for this week's episode of CTW. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, make sure you guys check us out on all forms of podcasting and social media. Dylan, could you please say for the people where you can find us on social media? Well, you know, Carl, I'll, I'll get to that in one second. And oh. it, it, this is not, not so much a slight at you, and I, I don't want you to take it this way. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we've talked about for weeks now, TJ Albin not showing up. And even you, and again, Please don't take this the wrong way. But you okay. were talking about your title shot with the briefcase and stuff like that. It, you know, you won that fair and square. You did mm-hmm. at Battle for the Interstate. But, you know, I feel like I have worked my way the best way possible. TJ Albin keeps changing the rules and how we're going to defend this belt. And you know what, Car? I am honestly just sick of it. Um, you know, and this is just a message in general to everybody. I want everyone to understand that. Okay. But you know what? You keep hearing this title shot's going to happen or TJ has all this news and stuff like that. So you know what, TJ, July 11th, you want to be the big guy, the provider. You know, you're going to give all this opportunity out. Like you're an ice cream truck driver. Like you got all these kinds of goodies waiting around. Mm. It's fine, TJ. But understand this, that news that changes everything better be for me for once because i have put my time in i have grinded and you know what you guys can keep knocking me back putting me down but i'm just going to keep getting up and that opportunity is going to prevent present itself to me because this is my time and i am coming for that belt once again so you know what ladies and gentlemen if you want to listen to this podcast you want to follow us on social media be sure to keep out at cheap wrestling because you will see my face as the picture of cheap talk wrestling very soon at cheap wrestling you know what dylan that's fine and i listen, i didn't take that the wrong way at all i mean you hey man you can have a match you know i think we i think me and you are both in agreement that tj needs to he needs to drop that title and i'll, I'll listen i'll take it from him i'm gonna cash in i'm taking it from him and then i'll give you the opportunity because i think you do have i think you have deserved it um i'm sick of tj and we're both sick of her I think Dylan, obviously, I think he's earned his opportunity, too. I think a lot of bad luck for you has kind of, you know, put you in that position. But I'm going to win. And you know what, Dylan? Listen, 
you're I, I'm gonna make you first in line. I you 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 get that opportunity. But until next time, thank you guys for listening to Cheap Talk Wrestling. We will catch you guys next time. Later. <laughs>